Hey guys and gals, I'll be talking about the movie The Silence of the Lambs. And let me just say, this is the very first time I saw this movie. I, n I mean, there have been many opportunities where I saw this movie. I know about the great reviews I heard about it from everybody. I know about the awards. Uh, I mean, this is like a drama, suspense, thriller, crime, horror movie. A lot of, a lot of die-out horror fans usually consider this like a, a true horror movie because what it is. You know, it's a serial killer pretty much. But, um, it's, it's like I said, it's my first time watching it. And even though I heard so much about it, I just never had a chance to get around to it at the time, you know. And so so this on Netflix. Um, I think this is going to be the, I think November's the month for the Sound of the Lambs. When December hits, it's going to be moved out of the Netflix streaming list. So I decided, you know what? Let me watch it since I have the time. Um, what do I think of this movie? Damn, I miss a lot though. Because I know there's sequels to it too for a franchise and the TV series, of course. And this movie was really fucking good, man. I was really fucking surprised. I, I was like, wow. I'm like, I, I said to myself, why the fuck can I wait so long to see this movie? This movie came out like in um, 1991 and it's fucking 2015. Like, I waited too fucking long. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, man. And, um, but anyway, I mean, without, without reviewing it, I mean, reviewing it, but without spoiling it, like, who have not seen the movie, it's about this FBI agent who's a tra trainee, and her boss sent her to a case to talk to the serial killer, and then later on, the serial killer played by Anthony Hopkins, he's like a cannibal, he's a cannibal, and he's like in this prison cell, like, in the basement, and as the movie develops, he talks about, do you want to catch this killer named, like, some, uh, called Buffalo Bill? And then, then the agent caught, caught his interest with that, like, so you know Buffalo Bill is. And then it, it just leads up to that investigation pretty much, like, like how, like, when the, her and the, and the people she works with, that they're going to find out, trying to f stop this serial named Buffalo Bill with, well, this F F FBI investigator played by Jodie Foster with the help of a serial who's still in the cell. That he's gonna like pretty much like help out in his own twisted way about how to find this other serial killer and how he actually knew him, you know. And um, then they see the serial killer Buffalo Bill kidnap, kidnap this lady, and you find that this girl that this lady he kidnapped has to be the Santa's daughter. So now the Santa's trying to make a deal with, with uh, Hannibal Lecter's character about like giving more clues to the serial killer guy, like how can I find the serial killer who kidnapped my daughter before she gets murdered, you know. So you know, you got this big investigation, you know, and then later on this this movie also leads up to the Anthony Hopkins character, who's also a serial killer, how he escapes from his cell, you know, later on, you know. But um, I thought this movie was well 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 written. Character development was pretty good in my opinion. The investigation, the drama, suspense, everything. In this fucking movie was good though, you know. So I, f I feel kind of sad that I, I took so long. To watch this movie, you know, I should give this chance when I, when I had a chance a couple years back. But um, all in all, yeah, man, this movie was fucking good, though. I can see why this get this movie got rave reviews. But at the same time, it does have little flaws to it. But I don't want to be so nitpicky about it, you know. Um, I like the twist ending. I like uh, I like who the serial killer is. Like how they kept like how they stopped the killer pretty much. Um, the, the way they set it up, though, um, The Silence of the Lambs, check it out. Definitely, definitely it's a good movie. Peace, guys. See you later. Hey guys, what's up? Yo, this movie's on Netflix right now. It's called Wilderness. It's from 2006. It's a European, like, survival horror movie. 
and I just saw this before. I remember it was on cable TV, and um, I was surprised. I was like, I, I thought I talked about this, but I never did. Uh, this movie's about these juvenile delinquents, you know. It shows you like a beginning how how they act like when they were in jail. They're picking on this kid. This kid ended up killing himself. Um, the warrant got mad, and then they end up got this idea like said, let's send all these juvenile delinquents in an inhabited island where nobody inhabited it, and make them like work as a team and stuff. Wow, that's interesting. And you got a cast of characters. Like like the juvenile delinquents going against each other, arguing and fighting, and later on they met up these couple of girls. They were also on the island, and later on, you got like this bum guy trying to he got to defend himself against the two juvenile delinquents, and they end up killing him, the bum, and then they start doing an investigation on it. Like, what the fuck just happened? Pretty much, and um, later on the movie progressed when. You got this mysterious killer who's like he has a dogs. He killed like like arrow like he has a he's an archer. He's like killing anyone that's on the island one by one or in groups at least. Cause did you know did you know the liquids end up dying and stuff? This movie is bloody and gory. It has like realistic kills. The kill scenes are really good in this movie. I know it's nothing new, but I like how they deliver these kill scenes in this movie. It's more like realistic kill scenes, like I say. And the European horror movies like now. They more towards doing realistic stuff, and yeah, they have some comedy, and and um in their movies too. But movies like this is more realistic, like when it comes to kill scenes, and I like that shit. And Wilderness is a good example of one, you know. And um, as the movie progresses, the juvenile delinquents and and the females have to work as a team. And you know, meanwhile, you got one juvenile delinquent like a real asshole, like he start arguing with them, and he's. And you know, some of them might, they'll, they'll go against each other also. But, um, like I said, the movie progress. You also have, your, like, your twist in the movie at the end. I don't want to spoil, like, a twist. Like, what's behind this killer's motive and who's helping this killer also. And pretty much, I don't want to ruin too much, but this movie is really fucking good. If you like the survival horror genre, this is definitely a much, much pick. In my case, I saw this on cable, but guess what? If you have Netflix streaming, you can check this movie out right now. It's Wilderness by, I mean, the year 2006, excuse me. Peace, guys. See you later. Hey, guys and gals. Today I'll be talking about the movie The Red Skulls from 2005. And no, I'm not talking about a Marvel comic book super villain. Um, this is like a very independent movie. I'm one of my favorite, very independent actress. Like, she's very independently. You don't hardly see her in too much movies. But I think pretty much the movie she was in, I actually enjoy. Her name is Rosa Hydette. If you see a movie like um, Poison Sweetheart or Demon Summer or Midnight Skater, then um, you probably know who I'm talking about. She's, to me, she's like, when it comes to independent movies, like very low-budget independent movies, shot with an independent camera, she's like one of the very few underrated horror scream queens, I would say, in horror, horror movies. But I, I enjoy her performance, though, every time I see her in something. But the, and this movie, I definitely enjoyed because she pretty much plays like a bad girl named Ruby. She's one of like the side members, side characters in the movie, but she does play a big role in the movie because she does survive pretty much to the end. So it's just cool. Um, I won't spoil too much because usually independent horror movies like this, I don't like to spoil. You know, I want you guys to see and check it out for yourself. The movie's about this gang called the Red Skulls. One of their members died. And the leader of that group, the Red Skulls, decided to leave 
to leave the gad. This guy ended up taking over, you know, and he's planning on like to get his revenge against against a gang called the Rats that killed one of the member of the gang member. But there's also also a backstory behind him of what really happened when the guy that the funeral they went to plus the leader and the and the right hand the rival right hand of the of the of, of that same gang who wants to take the leadership anyway kind of have their differences because you know there's a backstory with it which I'm not gonna ruin what really happened during the fight against the rats which is the gang that killed the gang gang leader's friend out from the red skulls well as the movie progressed we had these other two gang members from the same gang the red skulls decided to steal something in the warehouse and one of them found this formula he ended up turning into a rabid zombie and uh, the the Red Skull member again ended up taking the red liquid for himself and um, he ran off the warehouse while the other guy is a zombie and killed, killed a security guard after that we don't know what happened to him after that maybe the police shot him, who knows then suddenly you get the Red Skulls having this party Preparing themselves just to celebrate before they go going to fight with the rats. Meanwhile, we got the former leader of the gang side to come back, trying to get trying to get his um, I, th- I think it's his brother pretty much, or like like he's like a brother to him, trying to get him who's just joined the gang, and he's trying to get him out of the gang, you know. While the le- the new leader of the Red Skulls don't like the former leader because they have beef, and you know he doesn't want him to come poop. So he doesn't want him to come and take him away, but he had a feeling that he was gonna come back anyway. Um, there's another member of the Red, of the Red Skulls, the one that stole the red, red liquid from the warehouse. He ended up wanting he he ended up wanting to lead with the gang, but he knows he can't get it. So he knowing what the red liquid could do, he decided to um, poison the um, the bottle with the red liquid and give it to the gang leader. So, so pretty much, he will have to kill him. But instead, things start quite reversed when one the, the one of the female members of the Red Skull took the um, champagne bottle filled with the red liquid and poured it into a coffin filled with liquor. And a lot of the gang members start drinking from that liquor and suddenly, of course, they become zombies, running rapids, attacking the mem- members of the Red Skulls. And so a few of the members have to survive by locking themselves in, the, in certain parts of the, of the house. Um, the bro- the brother the the former gang leader named Yuri. Let me I should have said his name. Going to try and get out that house with with the help. Try to get force head against the brother to get out the house, you know. And you know everything's just chaos and stuff. And then when they when you thought they survived, they ended up getting more more obstacles when the of the rival gang the rats end up coming to the Red Skulls headquarter, ready to start the fight and they're tough. And you get one blood fest, pretty much. Um, without ruining too much, I mean, I liked the movie. I thought it was good, man. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was like, like action, horror, drama, you know, I would say. And, you know, it's, it's very low budget, guys. If you see, like, a lot of low budget horror movies, especially in the 80s, done with the home camera angle, um, you might like the old school special effects. You know, it's very, very cheesy, cheap special effects with um, guts ripping up, arms ripping up, cutting, I mean, I, I like it, I enjoyed it, I say the Red Skulls, check it out, especially if you're a Rosa Hattis fan, you're definitely gonna like it, because she, she played a really tough character in this movie too, so, anyway, peace guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, today I'll be talking about the movie The Nightmare, and I saw this documentary, like, like, trailers, and I heard people talk about great reviews for this documentary about nightmares, and I was like, 
uh, I ain't gonna waste my time watching that, seriously. And then Netflix has it for streaming. And I say, you know what? And I say, as I say in most of my streaming videos of watching Netflix, it's free. Watch it. And I had the time. And it was funny because when I saw The Nightmare, I should have seen it sooner because everything that ever happened to me in my life happens in this movie. It's like I can relate to those people. Except for one guy that was talking about aliens. The alien thing I never experienced. But I did experience bad dreams and I do have sleep problems and I do have paranormal I do have paranormal experiences similar to these people. And it was kind of cre- scary, you know, and creepy to know that. I was like, wow. I, I, it wasn't like I'm, the, I'm not the only one after all, you know. And it, it was scary to see that you have a mix of people. You have some guys, a lot of women, <laughs> talking about the issues with the sleep issues, how it feels with the energy. Your hair starts sticking up. And I do have that feeling when your hair is like goosebumps and stuff. Um, I had just seen shadow people. like it like I had one that I had that experience before, which I mentioned in my past blog, I think, you know. Um, I did have an experience with shadow people myself too. Um and they start talking about the experience how they trying to find a cure for it, whether it's medical or supernatural, they having flashbacks of their childhood, having this experience to their adulthood. And um it, it's kinda it's kinda crazy, you know. Um, it's definitely a movie, a movie, documentary style movie you should see. I mean, shocking. It was actually good too, you know. Um, it's called The Nightmare. Definitely check it out. Peace, guys. See you later. What's up, guys and gals? Today I'll be talking about the movie The Legend of Hell House. And this was definitely a classic, man. I mean, I'm surprised. I thought, actually, I thought I did review this movie before and I checked it. On the videos I have reviewed on my YouTube channel page. And I never reviewed it. I don't know why. I thought I did. Long, long ago. But I guess not. But actually, um, Netflix actually have it for viewing. So, thank God for Netflix. You know? Um, besides that, um, very classic uh, supernatural ghost style movie. Um, if you like something like The Conjuring, you know? Take it way back to this movie. This movie... Paved the way for movies like Conjuring, for example. And the style of it was great, man. And God rest his soul, Ronnie McDowell. Great acting. From the whole cast, actually. But Ronnie McDowell is my boy. He is the boy. And let me just say, this movie's going to contain spoilers. Because I got to talk about one scene. And I got to say it like that. So, spoiler, 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 spoiler. But I will not spoil the ending. Because I thought the ending was epic. I thought it was well done. In this movie. Great twist ending. So that part I'm going to save for you. So don't worry. I will not spoil the final ending for you. Well anyway. This old guy in the wheelchair hired this team. You know. And he tells this guy. I'm going to pay you this amount of money. You got, you're going to get this team to go with you. In this place called the Legend of Hell House. One of the members of the team happened to be a survivor of that of the Hell House event. Of, of the original psychic. Played by Roddy McDowell. So he goes with this team. A husband, a wife, another psychic, and Ronnie McDowell's character, of course. And the and the lead guy, he believes in science, and he's going to use, like, science to exercise the house. So pretty much they're doing their studies of the house. And I thought this movie was pretty fast-paced for a supernatural movie, especially from 1973. So I, I thought it was pretty, really, really good for what it was. I thought I thought it got its job done, you know. There's a lot of creepy moments, some some ghost moments. 
possession scenes, I thought it was really good, you know. Um, the the ghost that does the possession, the way the ghost sound, was like like a vicious motherfucker. Like he's angry too, you know. And um, there are two deaths in this scene, in this movie, by the way. Um, pretty much the people you thought was gonna survive end up dying, and the people and and the people you think was gonna die, I mean, die, end up surviving. But there's one scene I gotta give it up for. I just gotta mention one death scene. Was the psychic lady, the young psychic lady? Because like you think she'll be, you think everyone's like her, always survive. So and I did say spoils at the beginning, by the way, but I will not spoil the twist ending. So, so don't don't be like get pissed off or anything. But um, yeah, there was a scene when she's like naked and she had the ghost slept with her because she thought it was the only way to get the ghost to leave. And then like later on, she found out that the ghost tricked her and the ghost killed her later on in the movie. And I thought it was funny because think about it, the ghost got his booty call with her. And the woman that was possessed with him a little bit and tried to defend the ghost. She ended up trying to tell the ghost to get out, to leave. But the ghost killed her anyway and he started laughing at her. You know, it's like, it's like he banged her, used her, and killed her. I'm like, that's some fucked up shit. He, he did like the booty call play on her. Like brainwash that shit. That's that, that's that ghetto shit, man. Like, you see, like, in my neighborhood, you see guys using women and shit, and, and that's bad, too. I don't like when guys do that, but I'm just saying. Think about it. That's how this movie played out, played her out, man. I'm like, damn. But, like I said, I, I did say I was going to spoil it for you to begin with, 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 with something, with some, like, one that scene. But the ending, I will not spoil. Like, I just mentioned, repeated, like, two times already, sorry. But besides that, I thought this movie was great. Like acting, the ghost elements was great. Spiritual element, like the paranormal events, how it, how it played out. Images, creepy moments, like that. The Legend of the Hell House looked great. The environment, good soundtrack, you know. Um, great movie, man. Great fucking movie. Definitely see it, especially it's on Netflix now. So take advantage of it. Anyway, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys and gals, so I'll be talking about. Horror slash movie from the 80s, and it's I guess it's from Troma because I, I know it has Lloyd Kaufman as one of the producers in this movie. And of course, it's an early 80s slash, it's one of those slashes who I presume capitalized on the slasher craze. It's called, called Splatter University. And spoiler, 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 I'm gonna spoil it because this is a shitty ass splatter, it's stupid. Concept is simple, the usual. Um, you get this killer escape from a mental asylum, and it's only a few, I think three years later, he kills a school teacher in the university, and then next semester, you get these young students going to school, you know, typical cast, drunk, party, sex, sexual, act, active guys, you know, I, um, you got a school principal, it's, it's played by, it's run by a priest, I guess it's a Catholic university, right? And you got all these naughty people not wearing their uniforms. <laughs> there, there's nobody wearing uniforms. Like it's a Catholic university. Wow. Um, you got a, another priest that will mess with one of the students. You got some teachers. You get a few. You get a few kill scenes, but the kill scenes at least you see blood in it. It's just stabbing kill scenes, and but you do you do see like blood splattering, so it does live up to that little bit of part. Um. This movie is just shitty to me because it's just mostly more talking. You have a drama with one of the students. You have a woman perceiving that maybe this person could be the killer. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. 
Um, that our our final girl dies in the fucking movie. I won't say who the killer is. I'm gonna let that part slide. So just watch this movie if you want. You can watch it for free anyway. I, I actually watch it on YouTube. Thank God I'm not, they paid for this shit. But um, all in all, man, it's just it's just a pretty predictable movie, especially when it gets towards the end. Of you. I mean, I think you probably wouldn't know who, who the killer is. But it's just why kill the final girl? Why kill kill the heroine? I hate that shit. You know, just gasses you out, man. But as for the killer, I didn't say who the killer was. But like I say, it's gonna be obvious. Anyway, peace, guys. See you later. <laughs>
temporarily dead. She got back into the like in the bathroom where one of her friends decided to hide out. She found her friends dead. When she ran down, she saw that the real killer in the basement was actually one of the Saudi roommates of hers, and he, she found out that she was possessed by the killer of, of the house, and realized that she was doing the killing all this time. So she's trying to bail her out. All the catcher comes out of nowhere, bells help help the lady bail the killer, who was possessed by who was possessed by well the evil roommate was possessed by the killer, and uh, and um dagger was possessed the roommate's body, kills all the catcher. And then she's going after the girl, and the girl ended up killing the possessed body of 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 Hitchcocker, excuse me. And she died. And then later on, the police comes in. She saw the they saw the police comes in. They saw the dead bodies, and um, the the possessed spirit is possessing her body now. The heroine of the movie. And then the cops shot. I mean, all oh, catch up, excuse me. Got up, took the cops' gun, and shot her. And then she ended up. Being dead, and then the cops start shooting all the catch up. Then he ended up being dead, and it's pretty obvious you see the end with the question mark. And it was pretty obvious that the demon possessed all the catch body now. Um, although, Sorry Massacre House, Sorry House, excuse me, Sorry House Massacre Part 2 was also another enjoyable movie. Same like the first movie, it's pretty much beautiful girls escaping the killer, fighting the killer, you know. And I think a lot of you guys like it for the TNA and stuff, but let's be real. But, um, Besides that, good good Saturday night popcorn flick movie definitely enjoyable to watch with your friends. Uh, if you watch a movie like that, I said watch it with um Slow Party Massacre one two and three, with this with the double feature Sorry House Massacre one two. Also adding Kill Party. Kill Party is another good movie. Same style like this, by the way, I would say, but more a little bit more amped up in my opinion. And also try to track down Hard to Kill if you can get for an affordable price. Also known as Tower Tower when it hit the movie theater, which was supposed to be like Sorry House Massacre 3 I heard. But anyway, peace guys, see you later. See these white padded walls? They represent my mind. Two sides of me. There's a black and there's a white. You know, there's a good side and an evil side. A side where you can just talk about fun stuff, and there's a side where you just get serious. I'm the original authority of the video blogger. Welcome to the Boom, boom! Boom, boom! Hey guys, what's up? You know, Expendables 2 is coming right around the corner, so of course, they're gonna release a movie called Soldiers of Fortune. And let me just say, this is the very first movie I saw with Christian Slater since he's doing those straight to home market releases now. Anyway, and I will say it's kind of like a Spendables 2 rip because you're going to have to see some motorcycle scenes. You can see a guy, one of the motorcyclist guys, he looked like a young Sylvester Stallone, I kid you not. So I was like, okay. But, but still, either way, I've seen action movies like this even before that, so that's like nothing new. So, anyway, Tales of Fortune, I have a flashback story with Christian Slater leading his team stuff these terrorists. They found out that one of them happens to be a CIA agent that went that's teaming up with the terrorists, and after that, he saved his friend against the villain. Um, the villain in this movie is really cool because he's the guy from Star Trek: Next Generation. He played like kind of like the Scotty role, but he's the villain in in the TV show Hell's On Wheels. You know, the Baron guy that owns such railroads. So anyway, he Slayer was discharged, you know, for saving his friend, 
and then in the pretty much in the present age, he's like a he's like a drunk, he's a gambler, and um suddenly a poker game went crazy and realized the poker game was set up to see if he still has some fighting abilities and then Christmas Slay's character was hired by this lady saying that hey, my island is needs to be liberated for freedom because a warlord kinda of ruled it. And one of the people that helped the warlord is the guy from the CIA agent, the villain in, in this movie. But um, she's telling Crystal Slater's character, you know, I'm running this game show. I have like these millionaires backing up so that she can buy weapons and have them transport to the island. And yeah, and the thing is, is like, they want these millionaires, they, how they get paid back is like, they want to be in this game show and they just get the ass. Like get their kicks off, you know, excitement, like training in the drill, be like training the drill, like GI Joe type of style with guns, learn how to survive and stuff. So then, I mean, this movie has action, but it has more comedy in it. But it was, it was pretty good. This movie, I did enjoy it. I'm not gonna lie, it was well balanced between the action and comedy and the silly moments in this, you know. And you might have some few what the fuck moments like this one. I mean, they would be in a game show, and they pay like a lot of money for this. Anyway. So, after they train in and the comical moments and so on, they gotta go on the Snake Island where the Warlord is, you know, and but and plus, so he's kind of had to give the weapons to the rebels so they can fight for freedom on that island. But one of the the villain in the movie found out that there was boats coming in and he shot two of the boats, and then the boat that survives with Chris Slade and the guys. Who really, don't, who really don't have any kind of military experience, except for one guy, Ring Ring's character, sorry. And um, he was like a weapon dealer, but he was part of the good guys anyway. So, they gotta fight and survive against these warlord and his army. Um, they get captured, a few of them got killed. But um, I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but anyway, but I can tell you one thing. It's, it's similar to Expendables. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah I gotta be honest, it's Expendables ripoff, but Again, we've seen movies like this before, before Expendables ever came out. So there's really nothing new in Janeiro, but still, to see it again, it's like, okay, it's pretty cool. You know, Social Fortune, check it out if you have a chance. It's not a bad movie, don't, don't be fooled by the haters. You know, it's pretty enjoyable to watch. Everyone, what's up? Today we talk about the movie Shapeshifter. This came out in 2005. And, um, I, I like this movie. It was actually enjoyable. Um, it's about this guy who's a shapeshifter. He kills, he kills like a guy in the beginning of the movie, and then later on you got this, that he got sent to the prison. Later on you got another story to this movie about a woman who just be, just became like a security guard, get getting a job working in this new prison, and um, well the story sounds like these prisoners will get transferred to a better prison, you know, because I think the prison is going to close down or something. So, so um. Later on, the guy who's the shapeshifter monster ended up being in that prison also. And you'd be wondering why is he in that prison, you know? So, later on in the movie, the guy transferred to the monster. He starts killing people. And um, the woman, the security guard woman, and a few of the prisoners survivor have to um, lock themselves in one prison and try and then escape this one prison from this one monster. You know, going inside the... Um, ceiling and like going from another part of the prison transferring against this evil, this hungry monster and then you start fighting the monster killing the prisoners one by one and um later on in the movie you start finding out that 
that the monster had an attention while he was in the prison, you know, while he got himself caught in this prison, and you also found that one of the prisoners has some kind of a close relation with the monster, and he's not telling the whole story as he should be, you know, so you go get a little, little, little twist on that movie when the prisoner sorry, when the prisoner revealed who the monster really is to him and what the monster was really about, what's the true objective of the monster. As the female prisoner, I mean, as the, as the female security guard and the prisoners, I guess I have to battle this monster out and try to survive, pretty much. Um, suppose that's all. Um, kill scenes are similar. The monster ripping through your skin, eating this blood and gore, you know. Um, it, enjoyable, very enjoyable movie. Simple, nothing fancy to um, tell about this movie. I mean, that's all it is. And I don't want to spoil too much for you, of course. So, uh, Shapeshifter, you can check it out for Netflix for streaming. Or you can probably pick up the DVD. You might, you might find it for a cheap price, though. Peace, guys. See you. What's up? Today we're talking about the Shaft Trilogy. This is all the movies. Shaft 1, Shaft 2, and Shaft 3. Um, I'm going to give a little quick rundown. Um, the first two discs is like a double disc for 1 and 2. The first disc does contain a better special feature with the making of Shaft 1. And then the second disc contains Shaft in Africa. The first Shaft movie is about Shaft. Have to help a gangster named Bumpy Johnson to find his daughter, and then you realize that a rival gang, gangster from the Mafia kidnapped his daughter, so Shaft gotta get her back. And in Shaft Big Score, you got like the insurance businessman, and he died, and Shaft gotta investigate his death, and who, who sent the whole thing over. He found out that his partner, the businessman partner who died, is working with another criminal to owe him, owe him his money, so Shaft have to stop the um, traitor and stop the evil, the other evil businessman from the crime family. And then you got Shaft in Africa, and this is where it takes another big turn. I mean, you got Shaft, like, they got Shaft, like, being like James Bond, and she has to go to Africa undercover as a slave, and then go to Paris, where as a slave get transferred to Paris to become slaves for the modern times in the 20th century as work in the kitchen or do road work pretty much. And she had to stop the crime crime boss that's running the operation, and um, all three Shaft movies were very enjoyable. Shaft Big School was pretty interesting. I mean, you got Shaft find like a helicopter. I thought it was one of the finest helicopter when a human is running chase scene. I thought it was pretty good, cool, you know. But um, it was some stupid moments in, in this movie too. I mean, like when he like in the second movie, like when he captured. The, the crime, the mafia leader, right? And I, I was surprised the villain in the movie there fought Shaft when he was when Shaft holding him hostage during the car chase scene to the bunk chase scene. I thought it was kind of weird. I'm like, you mean this guy don't want to fight back? But come on. I mean, I'm all for the hero though. Don't get me wrong, but still, you can be kind of curious. But nonetheless, it's still enjoyable. And because you got a new Shaft theme song in the Shaft Big Store. Cross Shaft is always a classic. I mean, no introduction on that one. I mean, we all know the deal with Shaft, the first movie. Shaft in Africa, I mean, I find it kind of funny how they, um, they made James Bond, man. That's so silly, but nothing less still enjoyable. And the white girl in this movie played the love interest of the evil businessman. Hot as hell. And also, um, yeah, like let me just mention that how um, Shaft got um, kidnapped by these half the African um, embassy type of guys, and they train Shaft how to do heat. You know, they teach him stick fighting. Um, the embassy, the 
embassy's um, leader, like leader the tribe, his daughter, start teaching chef the, the ways of ways of their culture, and she she is also the love interest of chef. She kind of looked like Beyonce a little bit, very pretty lady by the way, and um, and then they start to develop a love interest for each other, chef and and the um, tribal leader's daughter. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty nice. You know, and then. You get towards the end when Chef was able to stop the evil businessman, as Chef always do. I mean, all in all, um, all all three movies are really good. I say go get it. Um, I was lucky enough to get this for a good deal for eight dollars. You know, so let me just show you how it looks like. Like I say, it's double disc, and then you get the third disc, Chef and Africa. So anyway, guys, peace and see you later. Guys, what's up, man? I went on my Netflix streaming, and I said, yo, let me check this movie out since I have the time. It's called Satan's Little Helper. And you go, like I said, you watch stream for free on Netflix. This movie came out in 2004. It should be 2013. That's like, see. Oh, wow. Close to 10 years. Um, wow, it's been a long time. I heard about this movie, like, I never bothered with it. It's like, I felt like it was like, okay, a typical independent horror movie. Doesn't want to take advantage of the Halloween month. You know? But I wish I did pay attention. It was pretty good, actually. You know, this movie's about, like, this guy, he got, like, this double costume, and I like this Halloween mask. I've never seen this in a store, so I think it's a an original Halloween mask, you know, very original, and I like it. And it's, like, the serial killer about killing people, you know, and, um, one day this kid is going trick or treat, he's, like, fascinated with the devil, like, Satan, and he saw this guy killing people, and he thought it was, like, really cool, like, oh, wow, can you be my hope? I want you to kill my sister's boyfriend. So the Satan, this guy who dresses the devil, time to be quiet. You know, like he was going with this kid. He agrees to kill this guy's, um, his sister's boyfriend, and and he thought, and the kid thought like oh, this was this was like fake, his own pretend, like a game. But later on, he's gonna find out that his shit is real. You know, um, there's like moments when um, he's in the house, and um, he's telling the telling the guy in the devil costume. You know what? The plan's been changed. I'm going out with my sister's boyfriend to pick up some candy and, um, I mean, not costumes, excuse me, to pick up our costume. So follow him to the costume shop. So they went out, sit, sit, sit together just in the devil's outfit, we didn't follow them. And then, and then when the kid walks out with the sister's boyfriend, the guy in the devil costume jumped the boyfriend, beat him up, you know, and he thought he killed him, right? So anyway, later in the movie, the kid brought the guy back into his house. The sister saw him and she thought it was her boyfriend in the costume. So he stopped playing around with the sister a little bit, you know. But nothing went as far, so she's lucky. And the boy kind of like jumped in and everything got stopped pretty much. And then pretty much like, like right now the guy, the double costume, everyone thinks that's actually his sister's boyfriend. While meanwhile, uh, Satan's somewhat back shopping. This time he has to go out for candy with the boy, and he picks up this, picks some groceries like, like home tool, like tools in the kitchen that he can kill people with. And um, he runs out in the supermarket with the groceries, and the boy was excited. And then he's like killing the supermarket, the guy, the um packing boy, the super, supermarket guy that pack bags, kill him. And then he got the boy in the shopping cart, and he started playing the game like. Hitting a blind man, hitting pregnant women, hitting a baby. And a boy, this boy is stupid. He actually thought it's all a game, you know, but it's like real life.
you know. But um, but I like the kid anyway. The kid was a good actor, you know. Like the way he acted, like he 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 showed that in his world that this is like like real to him. But at the same time, he thought it was the kills were fake. Later on in the movie, the father comes in, and I was like, oh, they have parents. I didn't know that he had a dad. And then the boys I mentioned, and then the sister finally took knows that that's not Alex, that's not her boyfriend, you know. Later on, Alex finally wakes up from his unconsciousness, you know, for example. And um, I don't want to do too much, man. I'm saying I'm stretching this a little bit, but all in all, when they listen, I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. When they found out that the, that this guy is a killer in real life, the boy when the killer kills the boy's dad, that's when the boys start crying, and he realizes this is real, pretty much, you know. And it's like stupid moments, like one stupid moment plot that got me going, like they had a chance to escape, the door's wide open, you know. But it's like one of those horror movies where you're just being a typical horror movie. And, um, you know, there's a scene when the devil kidnaps the mom and the girlfriend and the boy have to go after the killer and save the mom and then pretty much stop the killer. And I don't want to ruin too much, but it, it kind of like rips off a little bit from um, Halloween H2O. How Michael Myers kind of trick people that you really think it's him, but it's really not him. Type of type of um, scene, you know. And as for the police, oh man, the police department has to be weak because this guy looked like he took out the whole fucking police department. And then you got your little twist ending, which is kind of like predictable. But anyway, just a fast forward story. This movie was enjoyable to watch. Um, I saw something about special feature on the DVD has commentary and the making of. But like I said, I saw this one on Netflix. And um, check it out, Satan's Little Helpers on Netflix right now. Um, you can see it for free. And I really do like this mask. Um, I wonder if they sell it. I'm going to check out the email. I'm kind of curious. Hey guys, so are we talking about the movie Mountaintop Motel Massacre? And uh, this is an old movie. I remember seeing the cover for this in the video store. And it never caught my interest because the cover alone, to me, it was like, it wasn't scary for me. Even though you see a crazy white woman. I'm from the Bronx. Trust me, I see a lot of crazy people. Work, crazy people, especially crazy old women looking like this. So to me, I didn't find this scary at all. So anyway, this was on Netflix for streaming for free, right? And um, I hear reviews for this. I heard mostly bad reviews and a few good reviews. Kind of like a cult. This movie is kind of like a cult status right now, I would say. You know what I heard from reviews, and um, this movie wasn't so bad. You know, M M M Mountaintop Motel Massacre. Get three M's. Well, if anybody, any movie needs a remake because of the horror in it, I believe Mountaintop Motel Massacre needs a remake really bad, real quick. You know, you know what I'm saying? To app it up some more. Um, I read one review on IMDb.com, kind of, kind of agree on it. This movie could have been so much more, could have been so much better. Um, was it a bad movie? Um, it wasn't bad. It was just like it could have been better to me, in my opinion of it. You know, and I wasn't on who talked person that talked about reviewing it and and read a review IMDB he read it and me I'm just doing a video blog version of it. Um this movie is pretty much this old white woman. She killed her daughter because her daughter was practicing like I guess black magic, jumping her father back to life or something. And she just went crazy with her sink weapon, like the death weapon like a like sink. You know, it's like going crazy and she chopped up her daughter by mistake. And then when she died, she kind of like cover up the murder, tell the sheriff like she ain't did it, and that's why I make it like it was an accident. I'm like, really, an accident? He tell me the sheriff is really that stupid not to know that she killed her daughter. I mean, come on, it's like everything is like right there. 
Anyway, they gave the daughter a funeral. The woman got back to her motel. You have some guests coming in, staying in the hotel, in the motel, like like cabin motel. Like I said, I did like the environment for this movie because it fit for this movie. It was like creepy and uh, forest cabin, the woods type of thing. It was like creepy. It, it, it worked, you know, the environment part. But to me, I feel like this movie trying to be like a psycho, text chainsaw massacre type of thing, but it just didn't work. You know, it just did not deliver that style to it, you know. Um, anyway, guess there was this old woman. She's not thinking that her daughter's calling her. You know, the, the spirit of the door starts saying, kill her. They want to put you back in the asylum, pretty much. So this old woman starts going underneath the basement, like underground. And each of the motel rooms have, like, underground passageway where she will come out. And, you know, she release like, rats, snakes, and roaches in, in people's cabin. I was like, ew, man, you know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, just... And then later in the movie, she ended up using the weapon, the sick weapon, to start killing the motel guests. Um, each of the guests, you have like this one black guy, he's like a construction worker type of guy, you know what I'm saying? You have a pre preacher, you know, the one who came in the beginning of the movie to see the mother of the daughter and try to and see what, when the daughter's buried and stuff. He had to stay in the motel. Um, you got these two newlywed couples, you got this guy, he thinks he, like he's like a Columbia record type of guy. They got these two women staying with him because, you know, they got their car stuck. And he's trying to get these, trying to get, trying to get laid with these two females in a way. But later in the movie, um, the murders start happening and a couple of the guests, like the man who thinks, like he's trying to fake, like he's with a copy of record. And the carpenter guy, the black guy, start teaming up, you know, telling the other guests, you know, be careful. Um, they had him in the floor. Like I said, some, some, a few of the guests got murdered. Um, it wasn't like a lot of people to kill, it was only a few people died in this movie, you know? Well, a lot of people died in this movie, let's put like, maybe like, I would say, see, let me count. Like about four or five people died, I would say, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but anyway, the kill scenes are typical, there's like, the sick kill scenes pretty much, and um, at the end, I like, and spoiler, spoiler, I will spoil this movie for you. I'm going to save you the trip. I'm going to spoil it for you. And if you want, you can go on Netflix for streaming. Stream it for free. You don't have to pay 99 cents the DVD or anything, you know. Um, the sheriff comes in. He starts going underground. And he starts battling the crazy old white woman. And then, the, and then the, like, the underneath the underground start like, tumbling down with the rocks and the, and the debris and the wood pillow fell on the old lady. And, and like the sick chopped up the lady's neck and the sheriff got close so for some reason she was still alive a little bit and she died. And um, the sheriff went, went back up to the one of the motel room, told the lady he thinks everybody's dead. Suddenly when the survivor came out, the guy who think he, he was faking that he was for Columbia Record, he came out and he survived. So the sheriff, the man and the woman, one of the, the cousins survived actually. And they all got into the car, and then suddenly you see like a, a spirit of the daughter, like in ghost form. She was walking around the woods, and I guess the movie trying to tell you that it was the daughter probably possessed the mom to go around going on this killing spree, pretty much. But um, the the sheriff drive up with the two survivors at the end. Um, all in all, um, I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. It's not the greatest, not the best. It's not good. It's not all that. But it was enjoyable for, for some reasons, you know what I'm saying? Because it's old school and it, 
you know, I'm I'm old fashioned guy when it comes to movies, especially the horror genre. I'm old fashioned. But um like I say, if, if one of those horror remakes since that's the latest trend these days now, I would say Motor Top Motel Massacre should get a remake. And don't be surprised if Motel Hell might get a remake too, who knows? And Motel Hell was a good movie. Motel Hell to me, Motel Hell is a way better movie than this one. Between the two, if you go compare, Motel Hell all the way is way better. But don't be surprised if those if that movie get a remake also, you know what I mean? I mean come on, I think that was the first movie that had the pig head mask. I mean the original pig head mask. But yeah, most of the time Motel Massacre, um, like I say, stream for free and hopefully this might get a remake when they can make the movie much more better than it was before. Peace ass, see you later. The movie The Telling. And this is a Dalji horror movie. Um a lot of people don't like it. And I admit, the Thalgy story in this, I thought it was decent, but I just like mainly more like the intro part of the story and the ending part of the story when it finalized, finalized this whole movie, because I kind of like the revenge factor of getting someone back, you know, how, how it was set up. So I thought that was good, the delivery on it, but I don't want to spoil it, you know, of course I don't like to spoil movies when I talk about reviewing stuff usually, because, you know, I want you guys to get into it, you know. But anyway, the movie starts off this sorority, I mean, excuse me, this pledge, trying to get to the sorority, find out these sorority sisters don't want her, so she killed herself, right? Then one year later, you got these new pledges, and the sorority, and the sorority sisters, they're all like snotty and stuff, you know, and they think they're better than everybody else. So they tell these three sorority sisters that I want each of you to tell a story, a horror story. So one, one, um, Pledge that saying, talk about the story about this evil doll, how his boyfriend bought this doll for his girlfriend to keep her company, and um, this doll started up talking, talking to her like she wants the man for herself, and she makes the girl go crazy and stuff, and then later on you find out that this doll is kind of like possessed, like demonic and shit, and in a way it's kind of like demonic because I mean the doll is crazy, you know, it kill, it does kill, you know, and then the next. And then you got the next story, the second story, when the second sorority sister is telling a story about this female actress who got to Europe because she wanted to do this movie, and um, and she had to go to Europe and do it. Now, when she visits the guy, and it, about this movie was the, the scene, this um, part of the story is black and white, and um, but so she ended up doing this, so she had um, the director. Was like kind of talking to her, gave her drinks, told her to come down for dinner. She meets the rest of these people with the mask, who has to be something like production of this movie. Is that telling her about death? How how they use how they live off the, they love movies. Their degrees histories like death, like horror pretty much. And then each of the people in the mask on the dinner table started revealing themselves as zombies. They were like the undead, and the directors are saying even the undead people need to be entertained. So they use this girl to be in the horror movie, and then you also got a twist ending in this, like mainly like a lot of Dolce Horror does, so I don't want to ruin that part. Um, the third story, where the third sister start talking, I mean the third pledge start talking about a story about these girls make a prank call, they call the wrong person, let's just say, and then they got they got to be chased by the killer in their own house. I feel like this third story was kind of weak because it was like, uh, you have a group of people in the house getting killed by this one killer. You're telling me 
all this. Plus, you even got a police officer in the fucking house. You tell me none of these girls or the police officers cannot jump that one killer, you know? But the killer ended up killing them one by one, and then, of course, you can take a while to guess what this ended, how this ended, you know? And then, then after the third story, you get to your final story, which is connected to the first intro part of the story about the sorority sisters, how um they all got they all got like poisoned. And you'd be wondering how come how who poisoned them stuff. And I don't, like I said, I don't want to ruin this moment for you because you find out that one of the pledges is the one, the one that poisoned these girls and they have a reason and she had a reason for why she did it, you know, and it's gonna explain. I'm all the telling was an enjoyable Thalgy Horror, but it's not the greatest at the same time. But I did enjoy the beginning part of the intro and the ending outro for this movie though. And I give credit for that. Anyway, peace guys. See you later. Hey guys and gals, I'll be talking about a movie called Jungle Version Force. And you know, I, I watch all all kinds of movies and I know I said a lot of video blogs. And I did watch a lot of um Malaysian Indian Indian Asian movies. Movies from Indian, Asian, Indonesia, 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 yeah, my fault, Indonesia, or Malaysian type of movies, you know, like Barry Prima stuff, and I, I really got a couple of these movies on, on this channel page, on on this type of style, but Jungle Force has to be the worst of the worst, and I'm going to spoil the ending for you, because the easiest ending to spoil, it's one of those endings you really don't like. And you guys already know what I'm talking about, and gals. Check this out. Did you think this movie would be like one of those type of cannibal movies? But it's, it's you have a little bit of cannibalism in this movie. Um, you got this group of young kids going to this island to discover, I, I believe, this tribe, and then you got this other group of people that wants to go to the island for for treasure, and then you got people start betraying each other in the group, and um. And also, you got the second part of the story about this jungle one female tribe versus the evil male tribe run by evil evil black wizard. And then, you know, later as the movie progressed, they're going to try and rebel against, rebel to battle against them. Anyway, you got your modern, modern travelers to the island. They found another um, person from the island talking about they, they, they want to help him out, find his daughter also while they're doing their research. As the movie progressed, some of them get captured by the um, from the tribes, and they had to escape. Um, s s the good tribes saved the saved the pe saved the people that were captured by the bad tribe, and you know the movie progressed. With, you know with them, like trying to mess with some other other guy's woman, and they end up fighting, and the other woman's getting jealous. The other woman from the bad bad group of travelers wants to try to get the treasure map to find treasure in the island. And, you know, it's all this fucking shit mumbling around. But when you get the good, let's put it like this, when you get the good people with the good tribe and the bad tribe ready to fight against the fem the good, tr to evade the female tribe, they end up going to war and it, and the travelers end up fighting with the good, the good people side, even the bad travelers end up fighting for the good side too because they gotta survive because the bad tribal members, they'll kill them. <laughs> so they you gotta get this, get this and then you get this all this battle scenes and shit going on all over the fucking place. And you get your ending with the with the hello and the heroine that's in love with each other. Survive. Yeah, pretty much everybody fucking dies. How fucking stupid I hate movies like this. 
everybody fucking dies and every and, and only two people live a happy life. Not even a few survivors. So 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 it's like that saying war, what is it good for, you know? <laughs> like you know, this jungle force is the stupidest fucking shitty ass bad V movie I ever seen. But um, you know, if you like this type of stuff and not all of them are bad, there's a few good ones I actually enjoyed, but this one is the worst of the worst. Anyway, peace guys, see you later. What's up guys? Today I'll be talking about the movie Guardians of the Realm. And um I love this front cover guys, I really do. And um the only problem with this DVD that I really, really fucking have is this. There's no special kind of special features in this fucking movie. I wish it does. I felt I really enjoyed this movie. Well anyway, it has Guardian of the Galaxy Guardian of the Realm trailer. Trailer gallery, five point one, doubly surrounded, two point zero stereo, widescreen, close caption, and Spanish subtitle. The movie's one hundred ten minutes. Pretty much, this movie is one hour and fifty minutes, close to two hours, and I feel like it was worth it anyway. Um, I love the action. I love the hero of this movie. His martial arts skills are really fucking good. Um, the movie's about these two hunters, right? They had to battle demons around Los Angeles, and um, you found out this main demon. A female, a played by a, a, a woman who's possessed by a demon. The demons use her as a vessel, and send other demons to steal artifact. You know, and pretty much the evil demon pretty much is obvious. Wants to rule the world. Wants to bring the dark world to earth, where demons can run rampant. You know, and destroy the destroy humans and use them as slaves. Um, you got a hunter. That's a team up with a partner, a female partner from another division, and. Yeah, they work for like just underground organization when they stop the forces of evil, kill demons. And I like the special effects of the demons, how they look. Um, the action scenes are really fucking good, man. I mean, really good. And then you later on when they fight all these different demons, you also got a twist with one of the hunter who happens to live a long time in this world. You find that the female hunter was actually an angel warrior, you know, who was sent to um, stop the demons and stuff. As the male hunter goes and try, goes and try to save her by being sacrificed from the female lead demon, um, you find out that when the female lead demon drinks the blood of the angel, she turns into her true form, and that's when, when the angel dies, she told the hunter that you could kill the, kill the main demon in his true form. So he took the sword, the Azrael, like, like I think it was the sword of Azrael, to battle the demon. Um, oh, I mean, pretty much that's all the concept is of this movie, you know, two hunters battle against the forces of evil. But, I mean, this movie is just good, just don't be fooled by the cover, don't be fooled by how the independent scale looks, but it's, this movie is really good, I mean. Um, Guardians of the Realm, um, definitely get this on DVD. Um, let me give you a little, um, trivia. I did watch this movie, like, more than once. When I seen it again, I realized, wait a minute, did I see this movie already? And I did, you know, but now guess what? I finally have a chance to talk about it on YouTube, and now I'm gonna remember it. And not only that, I have it in my collection now, so that's even better. Um, one of the demons I liked was this robotic demon. Really cool scene with this robot demon kicking ass. And um, you also got this Omni type of demon. You know those Japanese type of demons? We see like the demon, demonic face, and with the hair. You got a demon that looked like that too. Um, also like the beginning of the scene with the. Um, cult lead when at the beginning of the movie you have these cults and one of the cult leader came in late and that's how they brought the demon through the egg and they possessed the, the demon possessed the vessel of the woman who happens to become the lead demon later on 
and you also find out later in the and later to the movie that the leader, the one of the lead, one of the lead members of the cult, was kept alive. So she, so he, I mean, excuse me, so he could finance her, her demon, her demon race to live much longer to the world, and then the demon woman, lead demon woman decided to kill the cult leader, one of the cult leader members, you know, because he was useless now. I thought that was a fun scene because I like that army demon. That army demon looked pretty cool though, you know. Anyway, guys, yeah, like I said, go to the realm, check it out. Peace, guys. See you later. Today we're finally gonna be talking about Evil Dead Part Two, and um. Wow, this time is still had the horror elements, but much more comedy. Um, but it, it works; it does work. This is one of those horror movies slash comedy that it works great together. And um, this time, it's pretty much a remix of Part One. It was a remake from Corrected, with a higher budget. And um, Bruce Campbell's woman, I mean Ash, played by Bruce Campbell. As one goes to the cabin this time, so the story starts off with two characters, and this movie does not hold back. It is like pretty much fast paced if you think about it. I mean, they're holding back nothing. It's like let's get to it right now. Six minutes. The woman was already. He read like he started to record in the cabins this time. This time the book of the dead is right on the table, and he told the tape recorder pretty much again. The demons, the spirit of the demon possessed his girlfriend. You know, and um, she she ready to kill Bruce Ash, I mean, and then he knocked her out, buries her, and then he was one. He's walking. He's in back in the cabin, like, what the fuck just happened? You know, and um, he still had this comedy element, a slapstick. Uh, he tried to escape, get the bridge to turn into a hand light, but he got no way to escape. Uh, he has to go back in the cabin. He saw his woman, the zombie woman. His girlfriend that became a zombie now comes out the grave from ballet dancing. And also, this movie also has a flashback to the book about the scientist, how he finds the book. Show you a little scene how he found the book and the knife. So, you got a little flashback of it for Evil Dead Part 2. Um, there's a scene when the daughter comes down from the plane. She saw her boyfriend to go back to the cabin. So, she showed the final pages to her father. like, And they were also accompanying them as. A hillbilly and his woman, and they while Bruce Campbell's going crazy again, um, blood splatter, um, his hands going crazy. He he almost he got he almost turned to a de demon himself at the beginning, but the sunlight kind of stopped it. Um, you know, going go through all the all the all the funny stuff going around with the horror in this movie, and then finally, the the daughter of the scientist, the boyfriend, the hillbilly couple. Coming to the house, knocked out Bruce Campbell because he, he shot the door by accident because he thought it was the demon. And they'd leave him in the basement, and guess what? He wasn't the only one in the basement because the woman's mother, the, the, the team called the father, also mentioned that his wife was possessed by the demon, so he had to bury her in the basement. And the, the demon, demon woman from the basement is going after Ash. Ash asked to get out the hell in the basement, let him out. They finally let him out. But guess what? The boyfriend is also possessed by the demon. And one by one, pretty much, they always get possessed by the demon, you know. Um, you you also got the angry um, female that's mustered by the tree. Yeah, not not angry female. She was the hillbilly female that was like temporarily molested by the tree. You know, the tree pawn comes back. Um, blood and gore, man. I mean, and they found out that the woman was found in the book that you can open a portal to suck the evil back in.
Um, also, while he'll believe, um, he'll be a guy, wanted to, um, wanted Bruce Cameron to go, to go with him and look for Bobby Joe, his woman, which was already dead anyway. Um, he took the page and put it down the, throw down the basement, so he has to force them to go with him to look for his girl, and that's when the spirit of the possessed Bruce Campbell's character, and he's not going after the woman now. He was about to kill the scientist's daughter, and then his emotional feelings kind of got him out of the possession, finally, and then he, that's when he becomes, like, super ash, you know, with the gun, and the, finally the demon with the chainsaw in his hand, um, and they had to battle the demon, you know, pretty much. Um, the female, the mother, the scientist's mother who's possessed with the demon now, and, um, they kill her off, then you got the tr angry trees breaking through the cabin, then you got the main demon coming out, holding Bruce Campbell with his giant tree hand, you know, the woman gets stabbed by the Bruce Campbell hand crawling, and then she's still, she's still alive to do the spell, to, to open up the portal, and then you got that what the fuck ended, um, all in all, this movie was really good. I did enjoy it. Um, the comedy elements, at first I had to get used to it, but then when I realized that it wasn't meant to be taken so seriously like that, I kind of grew, grew into it after that, back in the days. And I, just the, but the comedy was good anyway. Like I said, the comedy was good when you, when you realize what it was and you, you know, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, it worked. It was so many one-liners, man. I mean, come on. And... Evil Dead 2 is good. It's good. What can I say? What's <laughs> up? So, um, today's a brand new review. And um, before I start, I just want to say I'm just, I finished re-uploading all my DVD movie buffer classics. The movie reviews you just saw, the DVD movie buffer classic, are the ones I did back in 2009 and 2010, I would say. And there was an era back in 2009 in the movie community YouTube where it was awesome. Um, after that, I had countless accounts, you know, and um, I decided I came back to 2009's DVD movie buffer, and I, just to, because I really want to talk more about full-length movies like I did before, and when I did the first DVD movie buffer page, I kind of threw a lot of people off with other video blogs like comic books, action figure video games, and and a lot of people didn't like it, and I, I and I realized I was kind of angry when people unsubscribed to me and they left, and I was like, okay, you know what? It's 2013 now. I decided to come back to the movie buffer once more, and stick with the game plan. You know, stick with what I did before, and um, and I, like I said, this channel is all about full-length movies. You know, I promise you guys that, and DVD updates and movie news mostly. Um, if anyone's interested, um, I do have more movie reviews I did after the DVD movie buffer ever back because I kind of changed my name like to Looney Bin, Mega Whack Man. I had like different tag names, you know, and, um, I have movie reviews after the DVD movie buffer ever, like, with even more, trust me, you talk, talk about crazy movies now, but I have them without clips this time, because with YouTube copyrights, it just gets crazy, but in my other channel, you get those other movie reviews, plus you get the same movie reviews you got here, but without the clips, and photos and replacement, and you get some movie reviews that YouTube would not let me upload on DVD movie buffer channel, so, this new one, I mean, so, I still have those reviews, but like I said, they edit with, with no clips on it this time on my other channel. And if you're interested in my second channel, let me know. I'll send you a link. I'm only giving it to people with full profile face, because that means you're real, and you're not a troll or nothing. And if anyone wants to find it, you find it on your own by the search bar. But, um, 
my second channel is to say not only movie reviews, also have video games, comic books, actor figures, food blogs, um, comedy sketches I have did. I played different characters. You know, it offended a lot of people. A lot of people got mad at me for playing offensive characters. But you know, it's all comedy. You know, those comedy sketches. And I also have all this crazy stuff I did on my second channel. So if you want to see a little bit more, like more of me, let me know, and I'll send you the link to my second channel. Um, meanwhile, let me just say to the new subscribers and and also my day one supporters here on the Disney Movie Buffer channel, I want to say thank you guys for subscribing, supporting me. You know, I love movies just like everyone else, and um, I check a lot of you guys' videos out, and it's amazing how the YouTube movie community grew. And it was, it was so much, to, to me, that I think the movie community now is so much better than it was before because when I joined in 2009, when I came back, people was getting along, and then a, a couple of months or a year later, people started fighting each other, and I was like, what the hell is going on? We only talk about movies, why are we, are we beefing, you know? And, um, and now I feel like everyone's getting along, and yeah, there's some trolls and haters running around, disrespecting opinions, but that's how they are, that's how people are, you know, sad, sad to say, you know, but meanwhile, let's get to this movie review talk, I want to talk about Dino Wolf, um, special features, behind the scenes video, widescreen, original trailer, commentary track, and, um, Fred Orling Ray directed this, which is awesome, Gil Gerard is also in this movie, but he doesn't have a big part in this movie, he's like, one of those big stars that you grew up with. When you see sci-fi channel movies, they're usually the big the stars, like they sit behind the scenes, like behind the desk or behind the office type of scene. That's what Gil Gerard is. He plays like a captain general, like reading his file and telling people, okay, I'm going to send out two FBI's to go after this beast. And pretty much that's what he does. He sits behind the desk. And you don't see too much of that either. But Dino Wolf is about a creature, right? That's like supposed to be like a prehistoric wolf. But what I found, he's a hybrid of human DNA, and he escaped this tank. And I be asking myself, that's one little plot hole, like, who opened the door, and how did he escape the tank? I guess maybe the human DNA in this dino wolf, I guess he decided to open the door. That's what I guess. And he killed people in the base, you know, the test lab base. And then dino wolf runs outside, and of course he goes on the killing spree. And of course, you got your story about this sheriff and his son, and the son has to learn to, to be his own man, you know, like he wants to be his own thing and deal with being a game warden pretty much. While his father's like challenging him, like, you know, you gotta do your things on your own, man, you gotta learn. I can help you out, but I gotta see how you man up pretty much, <laughs> you know. And then you got the FBI agent that Gil Jamal's character sent to, um, find this dino wolf and they find like a scientist and his assistant in the lab and you be wondering how they got killed later on you find out about this dino wolf is a prehistoric beast he's a hybrid between DNA human DNA and they pretty much have to go after the dino wolf and then the sheriff the son's father who is the sheriff um goes to so he saw what goes on the lab he decided you know what I'll bring you all in question the FBI agents and, and the scientists and the Primus team up to go after Dino Wolf of the woods. Dino Wolf killing innocent people in the woods. And it is a simple creature kill, you know. It's like Dino Wolf like biting, scratching, ripping your guts, blood and gore, you know, Fred Olinway style, you know. Um then later on you find in the movie that how this wolf 
there was more to the story that his DNA also was compared to the second scientist, the female scientist, like her embryo eggs, and that's why every time the world sees her, he can't kill her, you know, he, he felt like, a, like that's his mom, you know, like a psychic bond connection, and then you get to the ending when they found a fight against the dino wolf, and how they gotta stop him by um, shocking the dino wolf, and um, it, it, was a, it was a simple, I mean, they killed the dino wolf with the shock treatment pretty much, like, Electricity as the as the scientists want to leave the wolf to the trap, and they pretty much killed that wolf, you know. Um, all in all, this movie was good. I actually enjoyed it. And what I, what I like with this movie is like good old-fashioned special effects, not CGI, because we see the behind the scenes. It's actually a cost, a guy in a costume as Dino Wolf, you know. So I thought I thought this movie was really cool. Um, yeah, I want a little bit more, but I felt like it was, a, it was I felt like it was well balanced, you know, between story and and the wolf itself, you know, a uh, very enjoyable movie. Um, I also say check out the Watcher movie, like one, two, three, and four. If you like this, you definitely will like Watcher also. Yeah, so Dino Wolf. Um, let me show you the back cover too. Retro media. Alright, peace, guys, and see you later. Hey guys, what's up? Today I'm gonna be talking about the Dawn of the Dead remake. And of course, this is the uh, unrated director's cut, loaded with good special features, especially especially the deleted scenes. By the way, you want some more blood and going zombie action? Definitely check out the deleted scenes. Um, wow, close to two hours of this movie, man. And um, when I first heard about this remake, I was like, you know, I had doubts about it. I didn't see it in the movie theaters. So when it hit the home market release, that's when I knew the power of this fucking remake. And I was like, damn, this movie is like, if you like, if you like a horror fan, or just a guy that likes to sit down or watch a horror movie, and you want everything that you like, you got some tits and ass in this movie. You know, like one nudity scene and one nude scene when the credits rolled up, roll up. But blood and go wise, man, yo, you gotta have a field day with this movie, man. And um, like the original, let me just say that. Also, the remake. Not only that we have action, good drama, good interaction with the people, but it was pretty, um, the sense of humor mainly, like in the original movie of Dawn of the Dead, the sense of humor is also attacking the remake too, you know? And what, what I like about this remake, they make it their own, while keeping a little bit of the same concept from the original story, but mainly they made it, they make it, this remake their own. And this is what makes a good horror remake, is when you take some concept, but also make the last lot of your stuff your own. That's why, to me, like my Bloody Valentine was good. The remake, to me, that's why the latest remake, Silent Night, was good because they made it their own. You know, Piranha, same thing. The Piranha remake, the first one, that's why it was good. They take a little bit of the same concept, but all around, mostly they made made it most of it their own. You know, and that's what to me is a key factor in a horror remake. Dawn of the Dead is one of those good horror remakes, and you know you got. This woman, right, who's like a nurse, she gone back home, living a happy life. And I'm so sorry, I don't know why this fucking radiator is always fucking on when I'm ready to do a YouTube video blog. It's getting ridiculous. It's worse than my phone call for phones ringing in the back. Um, please forgive me, guys. I hate when I do reviews that you got radiator noises and shit like that. Also, about my knocking door and bother me. Anyway, you got the nurse, he goes back, everything's like all happy and shit. 
Then her man became a zombie. She on the run, and when she's outside, the whole, the whole um, um suburban area getting affected with the zombie virus. Everybody's dying. Um, people get eaten up. Fires coming out. Cars crash into another car, and then the lady um crash her car because somebody because one of the MTA like the bus driver, excuse me, trying to get into the car and accidentally the lady hit the car in the rail post. Like no, I think it was a tree, my mistake. And she comes out and she saw Ving Rang Reem's character and she saw other characters too, like few survivors. They go in the mall and they fight over they see zombies, they fight over some zombies, they they got into the mall, they face these two security guards and the security guard wanna own the mall for themselves, but you know, kinda of like held them hostage a little bit until they until the one of those security guards let them out and now they got the power to like, hey, we're gonna run this mall too, you know, like control yourself. We come in peace pretty much. And for a while, the two security guards are like over, like over hyper, like in a way. They put they put them in a holding cell to cool them down, pretty much. And then later on, they got out because you know they all gotta work together. Meanwhile, you got another new cast of characters driving a truck, and they end up going inside the mall. And you got one of the survivors, and that when they came, new survivors that came in the mall, one the fat lady. She was bitten by the zombie, and she turned to the zombie, and then the nurse woman stabbed this, this fat zombie woman with a staff, like a little small poke knife-like, and killed her. And you know, this stuff, and then the nurse start finding out that people become a zombie when you become affected by getting bit, you know? And um, when they find that out, they, they realize, okay, the zombies could die and stuff. And then you get some interaction with the characters, how just like the original Dawn of Dead, how they run around the mall, start enjoying themselves, you know, find some time to, to kill time, spend time. Uh, while a Vivian's character, he spends his time like playing chess or looking across the street, because there's another survivor across the street who owns the gun store, you know, and that they come and they're like communicating with this guy named Andy back and forth. Later on in the movie, they um Wanted to find a way to try, to try to get out, so they had these two garage truck, these two trucks trying to reinforce it with some armor and stuff, and um, and one guy, one of the survivors, have an idea about with the chainsaw, and he put it inside the truck with the lines, which I felt like was really cool. Uh, while Andy from the across from across the street tells the main character he's kind of hungry, so they want to send the dog out to um, deliver the food, right? And this stupid girl, one of the one of the female survivors, didn't want the dog to go, but the dog went. And the funny thing is, this is like to me one stupid moment. This movie was that moment was like, if the dog actually walk out across to give the guy food, right? But the zombies don't want to eat the dog, so that's kind of weird, man. I don't know why. That's because you think the zombies will eat anybody, so I I don't know. If you can explain that scene to me, please explain it, because I it still got me like dumbfounded, like, hmm. Maybe the dog had bad body odor, even zombies don't want, want to touch it. Anyway, the dog went inside the little um, hole thing in the door to go inside and give the food to Andy, but the zombie used that little um, hole in the door to go in it. And they had, because before, when the door was about to close, they went inside anyway, and they attacked Andy, pretty obvious. He was talking to Rocky Talkie with Ving Rhames' character, saying they've been bit. And um, maybe they didn't want to tell him that you're going to be a zombie, because he didn't want to, like, Hurt him, you know, hurt his feelings in a way. 
So the stupid girl that owns that dog now decided I'm going to take the truck and go across the street. And the, and, the, and the other survivors on the rooftop was wondering, idiot, you know, pretty much like, okay, we got to go save the girl now. The guy in the gun store gets some ammunition, ammunition, excuse me, you know, supplies for gun bullets. So I was speech. And they were able to get some ammunition. <laughs> ammunition. <laughs> My speech sucks, man. I'm sorry, guys. But they got some bullets, some guns. And they saw Andy as a zombie. They kill him. They save the girl. They got him back to the mall. And they, they're trying to, like, fight with the zombies that's chasing them in the sewer. And the zombies finally break into the mall now. And the other survivors say, we got to go. We got to go in this truck. You know, we got to go outside and go to the boat. Because on one of the scenes, the guy mentioned, you know, if you want to get out of it, you can just take my boat. Yes, he was joking around. They figured that was a good idea. So anyway, they, they got into the truck and got out the mall. There was a whole bunch of fucking zombies. Um, CJ, I love CJ, man. But I was mad when he died in this movie, man. Because he was, like, actually my favorite character. Like, I like all the characters in this movie, actually. To me, I feel like all the actors actually was actually likable, in my opinion. Even the ones that don't hardly talk much, they were likable, too. So that's why I like, I mean, that's why I like this remake. It was like, to me, it was perfect in a way, from beginning to end, you know? But besides that, CJ took a, a propane like the tank and shoot it, and there was a big explosion. All the zombies pretty much died out in front. It was able to make a pathway to drive the truck. Um, the gay guy had a chainsaw. He had to kill one of the zombies that was hanging under the truck. And by accidentally, he killed the slutty girl. And, and accidentally, it's like, bus saw her up. And the second truck just tilted. Um, the other guy um, who owns the boat, he didn't want to save Ring Bane's cat, so he walked out. But then he ended up getting bit by a zombie. He was pretty much the asshole of the movie. And then a few of the survivors on the bus walked out while the nurse comes in and shoot the asshole and shoot the other zombie. And they all run to the first truck. They're driving off. And they finally got to the boat and dock. And the, one of the love interests for the nurse in the movie, he ended up being bit anyway. So he told her I had to stay behind, and then the rest of them got on the boat while they sail off. And um, while they sailed off, the guy decided to kill himself, so he was turned into a zombie. So while they sailed on the boat, um, the young guy, one of the the young security guard that survived, he found a real camera that the guy that owned the boat left, and that's when you see credits start rolling up, and then he started taking video footage, you know, like survivors on the boat now, and um. When they head to the island, guess what? It wasn't the same as they thought they were, and that's when the zombies start coming out. So you don't know whether they're dead or not, but pretty obviously the movie presumed they are dead anyway. So, like in the original, they escaped from a helicopter. In this one, they escaped from the boat, but um, I say they're dead anyway. But I like how the credits roll up, and you know you see some images of the zombies and stuff. Um, this remake was excellent, man. Fuck it. This one did remake was wonderful. Very well done. Minus that one stupid moment with that dog. I don't know why the zombies don't eat it, eat the dog. But still, besides that, I found this the perfect remake. And the unrated director's cut, I could sit through it from beginning to end. It didn't, it didn't affect me at all. So I want to say thanks to Zack Snyder for releasing this version. And, um, I mean, I really appreciate it. I like the when the director released a home market version. And they're like, you know, what we're going to release it with everything. The scenes, how we really wanted to do, like the director's cut version. And... With good special features for the fans, and I love Zack Snyder. I love when he do stuff like that. I know for his home walking release, he always do that for his DVDs, and that I pay respect respect to. So I hope people like Eli Roth and Quentin Tarantino pay attention 
and start showing your respect to your fans. I mean, I mean, when your fans are loyal to your movies, please release your release the movie and homework like uncut or deleting scenes and stuff. That's how you really want it to be for the home market release because what they can't show in the theaters and when they're having the home market release they really don't want to really release too much material you know what I'm saying and that, that goes same thing for fucking Christopher Nolan too YouTube Christopher Nolan fuck you you know there's a lot of fans that support your movie that you're a good director you got good movies but at the same time I mean don't get me wrong I mean Christopher Nolan had a few movies I didn't like but he had a lot of good movies besides that and Christopher Nolan doesn't want to release any material and that's disrespectful to the fans you know, so I hope those, those three directors I mentioned pay more attention to your fans when you release your stuff at home market and start showing your true vision, you know. And, um, but Zack Snyder, definitely kudos to you. And I'm looking forward to your movie next year, by the way. And we all know what that is. So, peace, guys. See you later. guys what's up um, I'm not gonna put no pictures in front of this video blog because I'll be talking about the movie Dawn of the Dead I got I got like the four disc special edition but I keep all my DVDs in a book so sorry guys I mean I know a lot of people say where's the book where's the DVD case what the hell <laughs> well anyway I saw the extended version of the movie and it's like two hours and 19 minutes long um, let me just say something about Dawn of the Dead man this movie holds up to this day uh, after seeing it again I, ha I would have to say that this is truly is the better zombie movie because I love the zombie action. I love the zombie movement, how the zombie looks. Like, to me, they look scary, you know. Even though you have your rotten zombies, but you don't have, like, your zombies that look like you turn the living dead zombies. They're more, like, human, pale. Some of them have scars and marks and stuff. But the zombie movement, movement is so scary, man. It's like, the style of it was so good. And, um, the kill scenes were good. But mainly the extended version is actually more drama. I mean, don't get me wrong, there is blood and gore. There are kill scenes in the movie. But it's mainly, mainly to me, what I hope about this movie is most, mostly like a political statement, if I'm corrected. But I see it as a good fucking zombie movie. You got this news reporter pilot and these two guys from the police force, like, like a SWAT team. And, um, you know, they balance some zombies, running from zombies attacks and stuff like that. And they end up going to the mall. So they stay in the mall because that's where everything is. You got food clothes, fresh water, bathroom and shit, you know what I'm saying? So they stay in the mall, and first you got zombies in the mall too, and they end up getting rid of the zombies, cleaning them out, kicking them out the mall. Um, they go, they find ways of blocking the exits so the zombies will not come back in, like going outside to get the like the trucks and stuff, blocking exits. Um, the helicopter's on the rooftop, of course. So they pretty much got the advantage here. The zombies, they you got a couple of fast-paced zombies, but it's mostly like slow-paced zombies, of course. And um, that's good because they survive a lot longer in this fucking mall. Because if, the, if this is the zombies from 28 Days Later in this movie, they wouldn't be there in the fucking mall. They'd be running all over the fucking mall. These fucking dead zombies like running, you know. <laughs> um, and you know, pretty much the survivors have to cope with each other and you know get used to the mall. Uh, live, live like. Pretend to be normal society, even though zombies are running the earth now. You know what I'm saying? But they, they stay in the room, and as, as time goes by, one of the women feels like, you know, that she's getting tired of it, but she stayed, she, she toughed it out. 
And then later in the movie, you got the um, guy teaching the, a woman's boyfriend, her man, teaching how to ride a helicopter. And later on, you see like Tom Savini's character, and then he plays like a motorcycle leader of these motorcycle gang, and they know some survivors with a helicopter in the mall, you know. It was to have people in it. So they realized that, hey, there are survivors in the mall. So the motorcycle gang decided that we're going to raid this mall, you know, crash it, get supplies, and have some fun with the zombies, you know, kill the zombies, sledgehammer, beating the zombies up, pretty much bullying the zombies, you know, while survivors are like trying to like push, push the, um, like stay away from the gang, but the guy that stayed in the mall for a long, long time, he felt like the mall was his, you know, he was too used to it, so he decided to shoot one of the motorcycle gangs and stuff, you know, try to fight back. And the most again knows that they are survivors trying to shoot shoot at them anyway, so they want to so they're going after them. And because of that, guess what? The guy ended up getting bit by the zombie, the girlfriend's boyfriend, pretty much. And then the black guy and the woman, pretty much, as the woman told the woman to go go up to the helicopter. The black guy's fighting off the zombies, and he decided to stay, you know. But later on, the black guy said, "You know what? I want to live. Man. Fuck it, I'm out." And then he said, and then the woman comes back from with the helicopter. He got a helicopter, and they ride off. And then you got your end credits when the zombies pretty much taking over the mall and everything. And the reason why the zombies keep going to the mall because, you know, it's like that's the place they were used to when they were humans. You know what I'm saying? It's like this is the place. And it's like when the boyfriend was bit from the zombie, he knew where the secret location is when he was dead. So he wanted to go back upstairs because he was used to it. You know, but um, although this was a really good movie, man. Um. If you can see the extended version, drink, drink, drink your energy drink because, yeah, because you're going to have your zombie moments and action and stuff, but you got to get through the talking and stuff, you know, the drama part. And, you know, I mean, I fell asleep a few times, but I kept on, I kept, I kept on staying awake. I had to rewind it back when the scenes I missed and stuff. Yeah, because it's been a long time I've seen it, but, yeah, again, I stayed up, though, so I, I still survived watching this movie from beginning to end. But again, it's not a bad movie. It's really good, though. This is the, oh, this is the extended version, so... Yeah, I still see this version as, as more talking. It's more to the characters, more character development. And it gets you comfortable with the characters, you know? Um, the U.S. theatrical cut is good. The European version is good because I actually like the Goblin soundtrack to it. But, um, Dawn of the Dead, yeah, check it out. Get the box set because, you know, with the, with the three disc and, um, the doc, the bonus disc also. <laughs> You should get that like for $25. It's cheap now. That I know. There it was me, Lord Skull. And today's movie I'll be reviewing is called Contamination. If you love bad Italian, cheesy movie, this is one of those movies for you then. There was absolutely nothing in there. It's kind of boring at the at first, you know, but pretty much it's about alien eggs that was ported to from a ship coming to New York. The purpose of these eggs, you touch them, they blow up. There's not a soul in sight, really weird. And once the acid hits you, then you blow up, your stomach blow up. That's why I call a quick weight loss program for you guys. <laughs> and also, as this government team investigate where these eggs come from and what they do, the investigated female. I still 
Somebody in there, surely. two colleagues decided to go down south of America. They found the origin of the eggs, why they came from there. And when you get towards the end, you get to see alien action. Stupid alien action with a fat ass alien with one eye standing there still, looking at you, calling you to come closer so it can eat you up. Pretty much that's what the whole fucking movie is about. But all in all, if you like bad Italian cheesy movie, then it's okay for you then. Gore-wise, stomach explosion. Yes, cheesy stomach explosion. Boom! Anyway, Contamination, check it out. It's okay movie. Hey guys, what's up? Today we're talking about the movie Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. Um, this is a Canadian DVD because it has like the maple tree leaf. But I got this for $4, man. I always wanted to get this in my collection. I love this movie so much. And Hammer, I just wish back in the time zone, the time frame of this movie. Uh, they don't know, I wonder if they could have just made this into a sequel. This, this kind of spawned so many sequels, man. But you know what, if a movie needs a remake now, I guess it will be a remake, meaning that it should, it should be like a sequel after it. Since the guy is old now, I don't know if he's dead or not, that guy who played Captain Kronos, I'm not sure. I hope not, I hope he's alive. But if they're, if they're ever going to remake this movie, or make a sequel to Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter, I think it should be um, somebody like Hugh Jackman, because I can see him playing this character in, in, in today's time, you know, in the 2013 and up era, so on. So Hammer, make up your make up the times, man. Capitalize on this movie. You know, I'll, I'll love to see a sequel to this. It, it is a sequel. And I'm always, when I see Vampire Hunter D, the guy that created it, I always say, I, base, I bet you he based it on this character because... I remember an interview, he said he based that character on Clint Eastwood. I was like, to me, he kind of based Vampire Hunter D on a combination of Clint Eastwood and this character. But I know it's 1 minute and 27 seconds already, so let me just get to the point. Capricorn is Vampire Hunter, classic movie. It's not your typical vampire movie, because in this movie, they got a different take on the vampire he's fighting. And you got Captain Kronos and a sidekick, a professor. You know, they go into this town. They find this town, like this vampire in a black cloak, like kissing women, like like biting them in the blood of the lips, and turning these women to from old age. It's not like this vampire suck drain the blood; it's just drain a portion of the blood, but it just takes away their life youth, you know. And I was like, to me, that was a unique take on on Hammer style vampire movies, you know. And it was one of a kind for me for its time because I never seen it like this. Because usually most vampire movies is like, okay, I'll just drink your blood in the end. You know? But no, this is going for the life. Like like a succubus or type of thing. But, um, while Crabby Krona, a psychic, uh, was going to the town, they saved this woman who was like in shackles, like, like, like she was like in a wooden, like, shackle thing, you know? And he freed her, played by Carol Monroe. Oh, Manu, I hope I'm saying her name right. Sexy as hell, one of the old school screen queens, by the way. So she ends up hanging out with Captain Kronos and the professor. As they go to the town, Captain Kronos visits friend Dr. Marcus, you know, and Dr. Marcus explains what's going on on the town. And pretty much Captain Kronos and his, his sidekick, and with the help of the doctor, Dr. Marcus, have to investigate um, who's doing the killing, how they're going to trap this 
the same culprit pretty much. Um, later on, you find out that th there's other characters in the movie, like the Dowids, a brother and sister, and their mother, who was visiting the grave of their father, who's dead. And um, later on in the movie, um, Captain Corona stopped having traps, like Toad, and if one of them is alive, it feels like maybe the destination of the grave of the vampire, pretty much. And while it was following the tracks, Captain Kronos, they went to one side of the track, while Dr. Marcus decided to stay behind and go to a, another part of the track, leading to Dowood's home, and visit the Dowoods, and, um, you know, see how they're doing, and then Dr. Marcus left, and Dr. Marcus saw this mysterious dark cloak figure, and we don't know what happened after that, but then when Dr. Marcus, and then you got Captain Kronos going to the barn, um, Dr. Marcus starts shaving his face, and he realized, I'm getting younger. And he went to Captain Kronos, I mean, excuse me, Vampire, I mean, hold on, how am I saying Captain, yeah, Captain Kronos. I can go to Kronos Vampire Hunter mostly, but Captain Kronos, he told Captain Kronos, like, he's, he's, he feels like he's a vampire, he sees the teeth of Dr. Marcus, and then Captain Kronos had to kill his friend, he has no choice. So he staked him, but he wasn't dead from the stake. So the professor said that we gotta hang him, like they die from their own blood-like. You know, when they're dying, and then that didn't work, and then you find out that Dr. Marcus' vampire form died, and then Captain Kronos wondered how he was dead. It was a steel cross to his chest, so it was like the steel of the cross killed him. So later on in the movie, the professor had built him a new sword made out of steel, you know? And then it was kind of cool when the professor was building him, making the sword for Captain Kronos. It was like Captain Kronos had this cloth over his face, like he was meditating. So I thought it was like, you know, what the hell is he doing? He was like, he was like this. Hold on. With a cloth of his face. I'm like, yo, that's a good way of uh, meditating. I should try that myself, personally. Maybe I might sleep better. Who knows? But out of curiosity, yeah, that's what he was doing. I, I, I might try that, by the way. Seriously. I might have better sleep. But anyway, so he built, so the professor built this cool sword made out of steel. And, um, that he gave him like a mirror, like a sh like a shield mirror to go with the sword as an add-on, and then he then that's when Captain Kronos he asked Cal Marus Marus Cal to the beautiful woman the, who was with Captain Kronos and the professor to be bait, you know, to go to the Dowards. And by the way, I'm gonna spoil it. So spoiler, 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 spoiler. Go spoil the ending. This is an old movie, so I'm gonna talk about it. I'm just gonna spoil it. So if you don't want to be spoiled, I advise you to turn away from this video blog right now. I feel like it had a good twist ending for its time because I was shocked. I didn't expect it to be what it is because I actually thought it was the brother and sister that was the vampire, but nah. Anyway, like I say, they're not the vampires now. Figure that out already. But vampire Captain Kolo, excuse me, used Kalmaru's character as bait. So they climb up on the on top of the house, and and later on it reveals that the vampire was have to be the Doward's mother. The mother was never old, she was always young, you know? And then not only that, the mother ended up bringing back the father who was supposed to be dead, and the father was alive too, and the brother and sister were surprised, you know? But the mother put her in a hypnotic trance, telling, telling her children, her, her, her daughter's son, or which is the brother and sister in the movie, that you will not remember what's going on, you know? So she kind of like used her kids, you know, like as a cover pretty much. And then Captain Kronos, um, was, and then Captain Kronos was going to stop 
the f father who's supposed to be dead, but he's alive now in the vampire form, and he pushed the father away of the of the Dowards, and um, then he was ready to fight the mother, and he kind of Colonel showed like the sh the sh middle thing, like the shield, and then the mother was hypnotic trance herself, you know, so she stood still, and then you had this cool sword fight between Captain Colonels and Lord Doward, you know, which is the father of the brother and sister team. Pretty much, and they were having an awesome sword fight. And the professor kind of come in later on and gave the iron sword to Captain Cronus to kill the Lord Dowood. And they later on killed the mother, and they turned to bones and stuff. And then the brother and sister finally awakened from the trance, you know, like shock or what went on, by the way. And then Captain Cronus and the professor and the, and the beautiful Caroline Munro, they were just saying that. I hope I'm saying her last night right, walked off. As um, Catacorn Professor rides off while Captain Monroe's character decided to stay in the town pretty much. Um, oh no, Captain Corner's Vampire Hunter is a classic. I, I mean, seeing this movie now, I keep on saying Vampire Hunter D, you know? But you could tell where um, the guy who created Vampire Hunter D got it from, you know, from this movie. You know, he just added his own flavor to it. And again, this is a movie that, you know, deserves to be a sequel. And if there were, if Hollywood, if Hollywood had to pick up Hammer, Hammer and have to remake it. Let let it be a remake, you know. That's fine by me. But I I rather have a sequel. You know, it, it's long overdue for a sequel. This movie deserves one. And um, let me just say the movie is wonderful. And you know, a lot of people expect for this movie to be like really fast paced and stuff. Um, it it's kind of like it it has a little bit of fast pace at the beginning of the movie and the middle part, and it picks up more at the forty fifth forty five minutes of the movie. I would say that's when it picks up a little bit much more. But you have your moments here with the vampire thing, and but the acting is really good in my opinion. It keeps you like wondering, like who is this mysterious vampire? You know, who is it? And you might think it's that or this, you know. Um, I, this movie is well done. Anyway, guys, let me say peace. See you later. One, what's up? Oh man, let me just let me just get forward to it. I'm about to watch the movie Bloody Parrot. <laughs> Yo, this movie is pretty, pretty, no, let me say really, really good. I um, mean, Shaw Brothers, you have to get yourself with this one. I really, I really enjoy this movie a lot. Um, what, what I like about this movie is, it's just, this movie is constantly filled with plots and twists, and it does leave you guessing, like, like, who is it, pretty much. It's like, to me, I'll take this as an Asian version of a giallo, you know, and this movie could take it in any direction you want. It could be... It could leave you guess it, it could be a supernatural theme, it could be a human theme, is it a supernatural killer or a human killer? Like it's gonna leave you guessing on what's going on. And it's about this guy, right? And it has this thing, right, this history about this guy, he made like these three wishes when he see a bloody parrot. Yeah, it's it's hard to explain. You just gotta watch the movie to understand it much better. But it's like the parrot offers him three wishes and the guy ended up he wanted like treasure and the bloody parrot gave him like treasure. But then, later on, the guy's son died, and he's wishing, like, pretty much his, he was hoping for his son to become alive, and he thought his son was alive, and then you got this, then you got this woman killing the guy, and it's like, everybody's like, it's like a killing spree, pretty much. And then later on, you got this warrior, and then he's, then he's trying to, like, find out about this treasure, then later he's trying to find out about this bloody parrot story he's hearing about. Um... He had a going to this brothel. He met about this hooker place, pretty much. It's a brothel, but you could, I call it a hooker place. You know, he met with this hooker, and then this hooker have like these demonic paintings, and um, 
he showed this whole thing called the blood rock. She ended up being possessed by this demon, and the guy kind of like kind of exercised the demon away. Um, it's damn. I don't want to talk too much because it's gonna kill. It's gonna kill your experience. But it's called Bloody Parrot, and it's like I said, it, it does have like the the martial arts in this movie. Let me just say, it's really fucking good. It's like the martial arts are like ridiculous good. It's like really action packed. And not only is action packed, it's action packed with a great story to go with it, you know. And I like how this one warrior faced different martial, different sword fighters, pretty much, and different characters, you know. And it's like this movie have like the horror theme to it with the creepiness environment. You know how Shaw Brothers do like creepy horror environments, you know, with the lighting and the smoke, like, like they know how to they know how to do it, you know what I'm saying? And um. It's like you go start finding out the true story about the bloody parrot. Like, is this really a myth or or is it true? You know, and you gotta find out like who's doing it and what's really going on. It's like, oh, uh, it's like so many plots and twists in this movie, and especially when it gets to the final twist, the twist at it, you be like, oh shit, what? And it'd be like the least person, the least 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 bottom list person you would expect to be to try some some psycho shit like this trying to play tricks on people. Um, really good movie anyway, yeah, Bloody Parrot, go check it out. Um, this is actually a Banzai Media release, and it's uncut. Um, this is really pretty obvious, it's really taken from the Region 3 Shaw Brothers um, DVD in the Asian market. Um, it never had a real official Region 1 release, and it's too bad that nobody like Dragon Dynasty did not pick this movie up. I hope, hopefully maybe Dragon Dynasty could pick most of the Region 3 Shaw Brothers classic up and remaster it and put better special features on it, because movies like this, really does deserve better. Anyway, peace guys. See you later. Again.